Craft Beer Radio, episode 475, on August 24th, 2018. We're on the road to 475 episodes. I guess we're on the road to 476. Well, we're on the road to 475. It's not done yet. I would say on the road to 500. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, we don't have a destination. Ah, yes. It, well, it's the road to nowhere. Mm, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to keep going. And as it goes, and I'm Greg. I'm Jeff, drinking some water and missing my cue. <laughs> it's okay. We have beers, uh, as usual. Yes. I am looking to see what is the first one to take. And I'm thinking, here's the, here's the interesting thing. So this is the least alcohol, but it's a Brett beer. Mm-hmm. So... Do you want to start with the Brett? No, I don't. Okay, so we'll probably go with the platform. Okay. So we've had platform on the show before. Uh, I like them a lot. They're brewing in Cleveland. I had some when I was vacationing out there. Um, while I was vacationing out there, they came to Pittsburgh. Hey. So platform is here in town now. So this is Seeing Sounds, a 6.2% alcohol by volume Northeast IPA from Platform. Uh, 25 IBU. And that's all the info I have on it right now. It uh, pours uh, definitely hazy and uh, kind of creamy, more, more like more of a darker orange, but uh, a lot, lots of haze in there. Uh, a lot of head on this. Jeff is looking to see if he can find a date. There is a date, but it's smeared. I can't really read it. Yeah, something. It it was done in 2018. I know that much. It was done this year. All right. So it's not your like straight up super murky like you know New England style. It's not Odie, right? Doesn't doesn't have the the Odie character that you probably might associate. uh, Like I think some of the better ones, um, in my opinion. What's interesting about this one is that IBU twenty five, okay. so really low. Um, yeah, so probably not very much bittering hops. Probably mm-hmm. added a lot late, where you don't extract the bitterness or the IBUs. The aroma on this one, I'm getting a big orange is the main thing I'm smelling. Maybe a little bit of tangerine in there as well. Yeah. Yeah, so it smells a little bit different than your typical New England style IPA, right? Where this one kind of has more classic flavors to it, aromas to it, I should say. You know, the orange, the tangerine. You know, it smell to me. It smells it doesn't smell like the mosaic the, or something like that. And, yeah. and also, most of the hazies that you get doesn't because it doesn't have that odie smell. It doesn't have uh, some of the other things. There's something on here too. I'm not sure whether that's like. Kind of metallic, yeah. It was it was sort of metallic, maybe ginger, but it was like along those lines. Yeah, I get you. It's a little bit. I thought it was like it's either like a carbonic sting, mm-hmm. like a CO two carbonic sting, or a gingery thing. It was like a kick of um of kind of pineapple in there. Mm-hmm. Um. Has a pretty thick and like full finish to it, right? It does have that kind of New England or maybe even like milkshake style type finish to it. It's it's yeah, it's it's close. It's not all the way there, but it's 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 yeah. pretty close. 
Um, which is pretty good if they're just doing hot palafinos, right? As, as it does to... say flaked out on Okay, so there, so, so it, it's um... yeah. So on the can, we have uh, two rope poster malt pale wheat flaked oats acidulated malt, and the hops on the can are Golina Eldorado Citrus Centennial, hmm. and the yeast is Voskovec. Galena Eldorada Citra Centennial. You, you, I was going to say you don't see Centennial used a lot in North East but then again, I, yeah, I guess I don't. I don't. You, you normally don't. It's a, it's the fourth one listed. It's probably yeah. one of a smaller proportion. Particularly since it's, I mean, especially since it's usually a bittering hop, right? Uh, usually, these days, yeah, I don't think too many people are finishing with Centennial anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I'm trying to think. There, you know, one of the oh, I'm drawing a blank now. One of like the original pale ales was finished with Centennial, and I can't think of it right now. It's like it's like it's like people always say. You know, the, the gold standard for Centennial flavor hops is, and mm. now I'm drawing a complete blank. It oh. al- it almost tastes. I'm almost getting a, a reminiscent flavor of of. Especially in the aftertaste here of Ballantine. Okay. Yeah, this this beer is an, an interesting kind of mix of old and yeah, new, yeah. right? Because you're getting those orangey tangerine citric flavors. You're, the Centennial, now that I'm looking for, I think I'm tasting it in there. You know, something that's a little more woody than, you know, like a woody citrus or a foresty citrus you know something like that a little more pulpy orange as yeah. opposed to the orange oil yeah um which is a good flavor i like it and i think it's it's used well here um it's interesting because we're not used to having it in this context mm-hmm. that it's it's a little jarring in some sense because we're so used to things, these things being tropical. But I think it works. But mm-hmm. it just needs to, we need to kind of get used to it. We need to get our heads around Well, it. I'm used to it. <laughs> I'm certainly used to it. I'm digging this. There's the, I like having the citrus flavors in there. I like I like how it has that kind of sweet mid-body. You know, it doesn't have lactose to it. But it has a little bit more of that milkshake character than a lot of just regular these, these hazies have. Um, but it's not too sweet, right? It finishes on the... The medium, a little bit dry. It doesn't finish extra sweet, and I find it pretty drinkable. It's very drinkable. Although, and this, this is where I'm saying I need to train my brain, I feel thinking after it, I still want those tropical fruits, right? Yeah. I, maybe it's just because I so associate that now with with, with this style. Mm-hmm. Um that I find myself like it, I I feel almost oh, like it's missing a dimension that that it's supposed to have. Yeah. Even though this isn't the beer is intended and it's, it's really good. I, I see what you're saying. You know, if you have a four pack of these, you might train yourself and be like, you know, you might not be saying, oh, it's missing the yeah. mango mm-hmm. or the passion fruit or right. something. But I also, but like I said, I think that it, part of it is just retraining my brain to not have that necessarily have that expectation because this works this works very well mm-hmm. so this was the seeing sounds from Pat platform all right all righty 
Well, this guy's big. Here's another hazy. Here's another hazy. Here's another hazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's just do this one. Okay. So this is from a Roadhouse. This is we're we're getting low on the Roadhouses. Oh, they've sent us. A they did send us and... less. So thank you, Roadhouse. This was sent by them. This is six point five percent alcohol by volume. The Mountain Jam Volume One Hazy IPA. Um. They say it's the dankest hops at 85 IBU. And say it pairs with wild trout tacos, three finger banjo picking, and nine o'clock sunsets, which we had today. It's a little. Okay. Uh-huh. Hmm. The first thing I smelled was something that was a little yogurty. First thing I smelled, well, it's only two things. First thing I smelled was kind of a, a bready malt, and my first sniff I thought like eh, it smells a little stale, like stale malt. And then the second second thing I got, and I actually smelled it again, was kind of like a, a fishy, like like the fish slime type smell. I don't, I don't think you're far off. I think that that's the thing that I was saying is a little okay. yogurty. Okay. There's something there that's a little off from what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not sure whether it might it's... be well dank hops, right? They're saying you know they say yes. the label dank. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when we taste this, it might be you know might be obviously dank and not you know slimy fish right, hands. Right. It just is weird. I mean, it, it's not what, what you might expect. So, the, in terms of color, it's a lighter. Uh, the, the The platform was much darker orange. This is a lighter, sort of paler yellow. So, not totally like white, but uh, but a paler yellow with haze. Moving on to the flavor, I mean, the oats are in there, kind of smooths it out. It getting kind of like this woody, birchy thing mm. in the malt there. Hmm. This beer feels a lot colder than the last beer. <laughs> it's the coldest tasting beer yes. of the bunch. There's that fishy thing in there still. Right. There is. It's not the trout tacos that they want to pair it with. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. We're, try- we're trying to figure out whether we're just not understanding yes. it and it's good, or if it's just a weird fishy beer. I I think I'm I'm on the level of it's a weird fishy beer. It's just it's not. Uh, I don't know. I really don't. This is. I don't know what that is. I think based on the aftertaste, it's something with the hops. Mm-hmm. But it's not working for me. No. It's got this weird dank fishiness. So it's dank, sure. <laughs> but that dankness is not what we are going for. So sorry, Roadhouse. This one, not one of your best. <laughs> Mountain Jam Volume 2 is probably a lot better. <laughs> okay. Well, that's why you got three finger banjo guys doing making the bill, like the malt bill or the whatever. <laughs> it, yeah, the, that's also the malt bill really wasn't there, right? There was no malt. It was 
it seemed like it was a little stale, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, no date on the can, but everything else that we had from them was tasted real fresh. Also, yeah. Cool. All right, so off to another hazy. <laughs> what the world is radio. What the world has come to these days. Yep. Hop to the nines. This is yeah, the shape of beer to come, it turns out, was this. Everything's hazy. Hop to the nines from Greenport Harbor Brewing Company. Uh this was sent to us by someone. This was um yeah, Iman. Iman, thank you, Iman. Nine percent alcohol by volume, so there's where, that's where the nine comes from. Uh, hopped with Galaxy, Eldorado, Citra, and Mosaic. Okay, that's there. You go. There's a <laughs> there's a healthy Northeast New England IPA malt or, or a hot bill. Yeah, and it has the looks too, right? Mm-hmm. It's that super murky orange juice type looking beer. The uh, is it, there's a you know a sort of tropical dank right it, where there's a, like a a lot of like like dried mango mm-hmm. and um, passion fruit yeah it's kind of like your dried note you know it's kind of restrained it's not super juicy on the nose and uh, but it's also um, like uh, reduced I mean, yeah. I mean like everything's been um, packaged into into a smaller thing, so it's it's more powerful. Yeah, and there's something that's kind of piney coming off of it as well. I'm gonna go with that. That is the that is a very strong mosaic. Hmm. Hmm. So there's dank. Right there's dank for, from a northeast yeah. perspective, from from a tropical perspective. It's also super lupulin, super mm. lupulin-y. Like it's stinging my tongue, like kind of like a harvest mm. beer does. <clears throat> it's there's a lot of hops in there, a lot. When they say hop to the nines, they're not lying about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So you are getting just this overwhelming push of these flavors which are generally great flavors but usually they're turned down to a six or so <laughs> they're not yeah all the way up to nine uh and they're not so um like they're not so concentrated yeah it after after a couple calibration sips it's starting to Pineapple's really coming out. It kind of has that juicy, like citric acid type sting to it a little bit. I mean, so pineapple juice is a great place to start when you're yes thinking about this beer. But yeah, there's passion fruit. There's mm-hmm. um, oh, I was just just breathing out, mm-hmm. and I smelled weed. <laughs> so I think there's some dankness in here that'll start coming out, like as it was as it sits and comes across your. Palate and tongue. I just mm. doesn't strike me as particularly weedy. I get it here and there, like like right now. If I just kind of breathe out through my mouth really slowly and kind of let it go over my tongue and into my you know sinuses, I can uh-huh. kind of get that weed type smell. Hmm. It 
this has the mouthfeel that I totally expect, right? This this is, and and a lot of it is, I think, the scratchy hops are contributing to the the thicker mouthfeel. I think that that's you know okay. I mean, yeah, it just it seems like it's thick with hops. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is adding some gravity with all the, uh, <clears throat> all the stuff that's in there. That's pretty interesting. What can I say about the malt? Um, it's there it's to support. There. It's there to support <laughs> the. Um, it's kind of. Um, there's a little bit of like. There's really not much character at all. Thing, bread. The, that, the thing that comes to mind, and this isn't really a tangy beer, but the thing that comes to mind is like vanilla yogurt for some reason. So it's coming to mind. I'm not sure why, how I can justify it though. It's weird because I can I can make the flavor connection that you're yeah, making. Yeah. Like I can see that, but I don't think that like I don't think it's a good way to describe it. Yeah. But I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't say this tastes at all like vanilla yogurt, but yeah. I think you can make the jumps. You can yeah. see how it would get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you look like a Dan and Vanilla, right, it's not very tangy, mm-hmm. right? It's more sweet. It right, has right. that vanilla-type note to it, and I think those flavors are kind of coming through in the middle of the mold flavor. And then the front, it's kind of washed out by the this the pineapple juice. Right. Hop to the nines. Hop to the nines. They ain't lying. All right, so now we can get away from hops for a moment. I guess we can do the... It's got wax on it. Do you have a... It's thin. I think I can power through it. All right, so this beer had wax on it. It is from Trinity. It is their Red Swing Light. If you remember, Trinity makes all the office space beers. Yeah. Right. Their last one was TPS Report that we had, I believe. Yeah. I brought these back from Seattle. They were at Bevmo. So this is a soup. They call it a super hoppy barrel aged and dry hopped sour. 4.1%, 100 IBU, double fermentation, hot lacto. They're shooting for, they say, 3 pH, which is that's pretty acidic. Mm-hmm. And cool bread up the ICs. 100 IBUs of Warrior, Citra, Amarillo, Centennial, Mosaic, Willamette, and Kent Goldings. And then they age it on Chardonnay barrels. Just to, I don't know, throw some oak in at the end. Okie dokie. So, <laughs> actually, let's blendy blend. Yours is cloudier than mine. Oh, yeah. See, I'm like, mine's like crystal clear. Look how big different that is. Yeah. So, let's get the same beer. All right. So it's kind of this cloudy uh, amber. Yeah, the top of the bottle was pouring this super clear golden color. Okay. You know, okay. it looked mm-hmm. like a looked like something you get from you know a lambic or whatnot because it poured with no head. Um, now it's a little cloudy. I decanted it pretty carefully, and there's still. Yeah, almost I, think, a, I, think, I think almost a half almost a half bottle left. So I guess just this one probably just has some haze to it. Yeah, uh, it, it's got on the aroma. It's an oaky. Uh, it, immediately, the first thing that happened hit me was oak, but you know, an oaky, um, tangy note, a little bit of a Brett thing, a little bit of a dusty Brett. Yeah, uh, see, I'm smelling what smells to like it's going to be more acidic, more sour. 
than just straight up Brett. You know, is what I'm smelling. Has, well, a bit of, has a bit of a lambic-y type aroma with like mineraliness to it. Well, three pH. That's, that's yeah. pretty acidic. So we'll see how sour it is. Um, yeah. But mm. okay, it hit me strong, but then it mm-hmm. it fortunately and happily did not follow through with a big like increasingly large burst it kind of hits you but then it pulls back a bit just a bit just enough to be i think pretty drinkable it's got this kind of apple juice like apple cider vinegar type uh thing going on okay i'd be careful with the vinegar i'm not getting kind of acetic i mean just so so the the sour character is running but there's an apple juice thing yeah there's that i'm getting you know i'm focusing on like the the minerally parts almost like um a granite or something like that, and then it, the yeah, oak. Chalky. Then the oak gets really big, really fast. It, it kind of really lingers on, like licking a board for a while. <laughs> it does have. It's, it's a little it? too oaky. Yeah, I was concentrating on on the sour part. I was thinking about the flavors of the sour, yeah. and yeah, if you do concentrate on that oaky part, it does really start to dominate. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, you're eating twigs here. Which I think is interesting. I think it's 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 an interesting pair. Mm-hmm. This... No, I think some oak is good. We'll see as I drink it whether it gets overpowering, or if I get used to it. Maybe it was a calibration sip where it seemed extra oaky on that first sip. This is a uh, spend your time with it beer, mm-hmm. so you're going to spend a little time with it. It has a, kind of like an apricot type flavor in there as well. It's... Yeah, I, I say so. I, I still like my apple call. Mm-hmm. Um. Particularly like an apple juice, like a like an apple cider. Maybe that's why I said apple cider vinegar because I'm thinking like an apple, apple cider. cider. Yeah, that's gone a little. Especially sour. towards the end, the late apple yeah. aftertaste, you get kind of that apple cider type. Um, how would you describe that? After, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the sort of um, the effervescence of apple cider. Yeah. So you see, the the bread is not like hugely apparent here. Um, like we said before, you know, if you one hundred percent bread a beer, then it's not going to be yeah, necessarily as funky. There's some kind of culture. It's more than just bread in here. It has some other things that gives it more of that sour lambicky type flavor. Well, they did the hot lacto. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. They did hot lacto and then one hundred percent bread. Oh, okay. I missed that part. That makes more sense. Well, you know what? It makes it feel very mature. Yeah. So many hot side sours in a beer like a Goza, in a Berliner Weiss, they work. But hot side sours for things that are trying to be more lambicky, mm-hmm. you know, often feel flat and not very dimensional. This one is richer so i think that that's a nice call using the bread to help enrich your uh, lacto sour it makes a very interesting beer so i'm I'm happy with it. i like that it's not fruited you know that so we're actually yeah just, just exploring the because they could have thrown fruit in here easily but i like being able to explore kind of the you know this 
lambic-ish type of beer. There's a lot there to like, for mm-hmm. sure. Ooh, what's that I hear? <sighs> so, baby elephants are coming along. Just picture in your mind a bunch of little baby elephants. You know, trunk the tail, holding right. the tail. And they have little signs. Right? One of the first signs says, Hi, we're baby elephants. The second sign says, You want to shop. The third sign says, You want to support. The third sign, the fourth sign says, Craft beer. The fifth sign says radio. And then the sixth sign says, Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And then the seventh sign is a, like, a bunch of really tiny, like, fine print. Fine print. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fine print. Um, so who cares, right? Who, who reads that? And the second sign is, do you agree? Yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next sign says, for all your needs and supporting the Craft Beer Radio, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Wow. That's a hell of a You're getting parade. really good at training these elephants. I mean... Is it torture? Is that how you do it? <laughs> no, I would never torture these guys. No, they... Peanuts. They work they, for peanuts. Look, they own me. <laughs> it's not the other way around. Did you see how Animal Crackers took the cages off the box? <laughs> I did just, not. Just this week, yeah. Not a joke. Okay. Yep, the animals on the animal cracker box are now cage free. Mm. <laughs> That's where the torture question came in because mm. like, this is post show material. Yes, um, the the beer. Yeah, I, I I really dig it. I think that especially once you got acclimated to the sour, mm-hmm. you just started drinking it faster and faster. Yeah, and it was good. The the oakiness starts to you know really. Um, subside to the sour. The sour plays a, a good note and never gets too too over sour. So, for these gimmicky office space beers, they were both really good. Yeah. All right, back to the Hayes boys. So we did Henry Heater uh, a couple episodes ago. Uh, this is McKellar's Met Spear or City Field beer. Uh, that was double IPA. This is their regular roll IPA. Henry Hops. Henry Hops. 6.5% alcohol volume. 55 IBU. Uh, this should be hazier. Mm-mm. Pour more? Yeah. All right. I will swirl and pour... It's, I just poured a lot more, and it's really not that easy. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, uh, brewed with citrus, Simcoe, and mosaic hops. Just judging by the, like, like this picture alone. You want more? No, no, no. I'll no, give no, you no. more. <laughs> uh, citrus, Simcoe, and mosaic. Um, pretty. Yeah, it's pretty standard northeast. Although I might, I, I would, I would sub galaxy in there. That's just me. McKellar knows what they're doing. They don't have to listen to me at all. Candle on the solstice. Well, how about that? Mm. 
first thing I notice on the aroma is a tropical thing, and it's it's reminding me of. And I don't think it's a suggestion because you gave me a dragon fruit today, but I'm <laughs> smelling dragon fruit on this one. I did. I gave Jeff a dragon fruit, the biggest one. Which there, I I know now why they don't use dragon fruit in a lot of stuff. They're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Got like three of them. It was like twenty three bucks. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. Where'd you find them? Johnny called at the okay. uh, market district. They were there, and I was like, "Oh yes, dragon fruit." I grabbed like the three biggest ones. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Has a um. Big citra, yeah, kind of orangey, touch of dankness to it. Yep. Um, It has a decent bitterness to it as well. And then it has kind of um, those caramelly, almost... um, Yeah, I was thinking Ritz crackery, a little bit buttery on the malt. A little bit Um, Cracker Jack, too. mm -hmm. Ooh, very good call. It is a baseball beer. (laughs) Yeah. I also like the orange, not creamsicle orange, right? More, mm. more, and not hmm. more orange candy orange. Yeah, not quite orange slices. Mm-hmm. Almost um, those little, um, what those little oranges called the clementines, right? A little bit. Yeah, like yeah, a little clementiney, a little bit. has a lot of malt to it. I mean, that's like, this kind of feels yeah. more old mm-hmm. school because it feels like an East Coast, when there was only East Coast IPAs and West Coast IPAs. Yes. This feels more like an East Coast IPA because of how much malt's in it. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this, I mean, really isn't hazy. It, it, no. This, this one is just kind of slightly on the edge of hazy. I mean, it's hazier than you would expect, like. Five years ago, if you got this, you would have said, "Oh, something's gone wrong with it." No, <laughs> <laughs> or or this looks like a, a, a home brewer did this, right? Or, you could, you could you have said that. that. You could have said, you know, just got the eyes and glass or whatever. A smaller craft brewer, something like that. This one, yeah, it definitely feels kind of old, like. I hate the I hate, I hate what I'm about to say. I was gonna say it feels kind of like a throwback, a throwback all the way to like four years ago, <laughs> because it has these tropical flavors. To hey, it. when 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 things move <laughs> at the speed that they have been moving in terms of the evolution of of the IPA, it is a throwback to go back four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of the best way I can put it is selection pressure on IPAs right now. Yeah. Uh, there do is there a new phase? I guess there there has to be a new phase. We have to be in phase four now. Yeah, I think I that I think we're definitely. I mean, especially with the GABF categories and how it's outpacing IPA, I think we're definitely in phase four. Or we're in at the very least phase three and a half, right? Because like the the tropicals are giving away, but it's the, the tropicals are giving away the hazies. But don't forget about some of like the the. Um, Evolutionary dead ends like the juiced, right. the juiced IPAs. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Remember that? That would look like that was going to be the huge thing. Well, the thing and is, and then that... the hazies killed the juiced. Well, 
just just like any classification system, it's arbitrary, yeah. right? So we're defining yes. where we're putting our spots, right? And, um, and this is yeah, this isn't even you know Brewers Association or anything. This right, is yeah. the craft beer radio taxonomy <laughs> of beer. Uh, I, I, I suppose it is if you don't want to consider it a new, a different style altogether. Uh, I, I can't, I can't. I mean, if you look at the difference, oh, that's a good question, right? Because the, the best galaxy, right, IPA that you had that was still had, you know, pale two row malt in it mm-hmm. was was still like had the lineage of yes. american ipa where uh this hop to the nines <laughs> it's something new right so it, it, I'm, trying, it all... I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of historic things that would also be something new like or Belgio IPAs, I'm thinking not really. No, no, no. I don't think yeah. that's probably not. I don't think that's big enough. Yeah, I don't think any. I can't think of anything that got enough traction. Well, I mean, put me on the spot. I mean, but also just look at what GABF had to do, right? Right. Yeah, they did not open up. They opened up three hazy categories right. in one year, and it outpaced the two traditional biggest categories. I mean, the only thing that the, the thing that, that that popped in my mind. I don't know if this is a comparable, but the way that barley wines kind of took off at one point because they were really, really tiny, and then they kind of jumped. They never really got yeah. huge. It's more like you know, it, well, you know, like it's almost like a gold rush, as in how sours took off. Except sours when they got really not I'm not talking about the Gozas and the Berliners, I'm talking about when Sours came around the first time. Mm-hmm. Thing is, they were a lot harder to turn, right? right? Yeah. So they were more expensive. They were not as prolific as a hazy IPA or New England IPA. But I that I have the same feel like for the the sea change in what people's palates want when Sours came out. I it's interesting because Gozas were kind of a flash in the pan. And and the more I think about it, the more I'm starting to Dare I say it? Start to agree with that Thrillist article in some sense that <laughs> some of those some of those gozes that came out were not really well crafted, and they did start yeah. to go in that direction because they were just they were cash ins. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll have one here and there, but I, yeah, I don't have my find myself like, oh, I gotta try the right. next goza where I and. Uh, you don't see you don't see the sours fighting for the tap space at your better tap rooms anymore i think they pretty much have focused into maybe maybe because they're sours they've always been bottle heavy but you would see some sours on tap yeah i think i think when russian river started doing sours and allagash started Mm -hmm. doing sours and you know things like that that's the last kind of palette sea change you know comparable to this that i would so place Maybe we can find it in some other thing that's not beer. That some we sort of know anything about that stuff. <laughs> some sort of offshoot of something took off and went in its own direction, while the other thing stayed behind and still, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can think of plenty of examples of that in the history of evolution, right? Uh, of, of, of life, but I mean, look at uh, 
look at dinosaurs and, and reptiles. For, uh, it just doesn't a, seem right calling these phase four. Maybe because it's just a, such a new idea. Well, I don't so have. You, I don't necessarily have a problem with yeah. the phases contracting yeah, yeah. if the change if the, if the rate changes. But it's not like all IPAs are turning in this direction. Well, no, but but, I mean, they uh, but all a lot of the production is being focused on this style. So it's it's interesting. You got to print those Benjamins. Like, is it? I mean, it, it's. It's impossible to say at this point. the 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 question, the interesting question, is when we look back at this in the past, it, it, are hazies? I definitely think hazies are going to continue as as a style, but are they going to be confined like a like a a specific type of style, or is this the shape of IPA going forward? I I saw the fruited and juiced IPAs. And when, you know, when Sierra Nevada and everyone started putting out their juiced IPA, it was kind of an easy way to get those phase three flavors, Mm -hmm. phase two and a half flavors into beer. I was, you know, I was worried. I thought it was going to be a a bad thing for craft beer. I thought it was going to be the beginning of, you know, you've been talking about the bubble bursting or at least contracting for 10 years now i didn't expect hazy ipas to come along <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a great thing talking about the bubble bursting for 10 years now almost and uh i thought the juiced ipas were going to do that and they killed they died out thank god well i, th- I hear so your speculation entirely speculation on my part but let's say that these new interesting hops started to appear started to be used and people wanted them but mm-hmm. they couldn't get them so they still used fruit juices to try to get there but then these hops became more available because people uh-huh. wanted them the, the, so you think it was a stopgap in some it, the way you're the, the way you're you're laying it out it sounds mm-hmm. that way i don't know whether it was that yeah. and and I, I don't and things are always much more complicated yeah. than something that simple but there may be some like there's a lot of noise, but there may be some signal you can find in there. To me, I mean, and I haven't heard this, I don't think from anyone else. For me, it's the, you know, when those breweries started getting Galaxy and Mosaic and whatnot, um, Ukonaut, and started doing these amazing tropical beers with it. The juiced beers seemed like the red-headed stepchild of the of those beers, right? Mm-hmm. And people were drinking them because it was this uh, similar flavor, and it's a flavor that people wanted. And it just it just seemed bad for to me. It just seemed like it was easy to do that. It was cash grab, and it was a cash grab. The fad died out much faster than I thought it would, and it's like practically extinct now. Uh, yeah. Well, when you can get flavors like this. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just I'm amazed that the style's like gone. Like, not in my my circles. I mean, if we, you've seen we've seen our share of fruited hazies, right? Um, that yeah. happens. Yeah, it's still it's still and it, it, it should still be in the brewer's repertoire, right? It's still it should yeah. be a an option they have, but it shouldn't be the it probably shouldn't be a go to unless they master it. Yeah. Let's well, see. Uh, for some reason, I don't I don't disparage fruited hazies the same way I just disparage fruited IPAs for some reason because we're haze boys. It's, yeah, it's a prejudice on myself. Um, let's move on to the final beer. All right. 
This is we haven't had a Weyerbacher in a while. No, Weyerbacher, a local uh, Pennsylvania beer. This is finally legal. Uh, big Stout. Is that one of their anniversary beers? I guess thirteen point seven percent, thirty point five rather. Uh, Munich malt, smoke malt, cocoa nibs, cocoa powder, and vanilla. Finally legal. I guess that would be like their twenty first anniversary, right? Uh, maybe. Or is it their 18th anniversary, if you know what I mean? <laughs> you are disgusting. I know. The label's fun. It has, like, throwbacks to, like, a bunch of things throughout their history. Maybe that's part of what they're doing. Maybe they're taking, like, ingredients from all their historical ah. beers. So you got the Jester from Blithering Eddie. You got the Snowman from Winter Ale. You got all kinds of stuff from their different beers. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I'm guessing 21. Just, I mean, by the name, by this, <laughs> they're celebrating with the heavy beer. So there's lots of kind of collegey, fraternity imagery on yeah. there. The aroma is quite interesting and quite the change of pace from what we've been drinking. You mentioned there's like some smoke malts in here. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's like a smokiness, but there's also this like um, dark chocolate, like Black Forest cake, like chocolate and cherries and stuff in the aroma. And there's something, dare I say, a little band-aid here. I'm not getting it. Let me smell your glass. I don't have it yet. Okay. But when you said smoke, I, okay. I think that more. Oh, they're all phenols, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, what I'm smelling is kind of like, um, almost like a, a old-fashioned. It's like a smoke. Like, have you ever been to Industry Public House and have their um, boy, or what do they call them, the blast furnaces? Uh, and, no, and no. Industry Public House is in Lawrenceville. They. You know, they're Pittsburgh, right? So they have this gimmick where they have cocktails where they have some, uh, like, mesquite, like, different kinds of oak chips and apple chips and stuff. Yeah. And they'll burn it with a torch, and they'll have it on, like, ice. So it actually, the smoke goes down into your cocktail mm-hmm. so that you can get a smoked mm-hmm. cocktail type thing. And that's kind of what I'm getting here, like, kind of that old-fashioned with, like, you know, a bit of, like, a... Cherry. I would say do that with a Manhattan next time. Yeah. But, you know, and then like a bit of smokiness. Uh, Munich malt, smoke malt, cocoa nibs, and cocoa powder. Mm. Yeah, the cocoa's definitely in there as well. Hmm. Smoke's not too much in the flavor, just a little bit around the edges. Big. It's a, it's a little hot. Big on the cocoa. That's the first thing I noticed. Like booziness or yeah. like, like fusel or just boozy? It struck me a little fusel. Hmm. Strikes me a little fusel. fusel. I'm not getting fusel. I am getting boozy. It's right on the edge. Yeah. I, think, I think the beer's a little warm, actually. We don't say this very often, yeah. but the beer seems a little on the warm side. Um, it, it's interesting because I go through, yeah, it, it, it goes through this sort of like off and on thing where I think it's it, there's good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. There's really interesting, like, uh, not quite chocolate, almost like carob notes. Okay. Um, 
I'm getting, it, like, I'm getting like Tootsie Roll. Yeah, along those cherries. lines. Right, yeah. Then it kind of goes a little peaty, and then it kind of, I don't know, descends into something a little earthwormy. <laughs> okay. I yeah, I just got this huge, boozy hotness at the end, mm-hmm. and, but more so in a good way, like what I want in my Imperial mm. Stouts. This does not feel like a hug to me. This feels sharp. Okay. Um, yeah, because I I want that like you. I want that that hug, but this feels much sharper. The to cherry, me. the fruit flavors remind me more of like if. Okay, here let me let me say this and see if it makes more sense to you. Mm-hmm. If some of the record scratching stops, and that is think of like a Belgian stout, you know, okay. where you have a lot more pear or cherry and things like that. That no, it doesn't. It doesn't no. stop the. Okay. I'm curious to see. Just curious. Yeah, did you have a sip? Same, pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, there, there's a. There, it almost it it's reminiscent of a sort of capsaicin like spice, just a, okay. right up front. Um, that is this hotness that I'm getting. It it because it, it, it's almost heat like. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we're going to, we're not going to come together yeah. on this one. You know, for me, it's kind of like that. I think a Belgian stout is kind of, a Belgian imperial stout is kind of a good way to call it, but it's not as Belgian y as like uh, Omegang does, right? It has more of that chocolate, it has a little more of that booziness. It, I prefer it over the kinds of stouts that Omegang typically does. I saw they just put out a Game of Thrones beer for Jon Snow, which is a Belgian imperial stout. Oh, really? So. So we should probably check that. Yeah. King of the North, I think, is the name. Oh, very nice. Um, they blended this with their bourbon barrel age counterpart. So okay. there's some bourbon okay. barrel stuff in there. It, it's interesting. I like this beer. I, do I think it's the best Imperial Stout? No, but mm. I, I think there's more good than bad in here. Uh, I'm not throwing it out. I'm not... Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not... It's it's middle of the road for me in terms of this stuff. I think, uh, I think there's some interesting flavors. I think it it could be a lot better. Uh, so, no, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't live up to the expectation that I had because Weyerbacher, I expect more out of them. All right. Well, I think we need to rank this one. That beer wasn't off. Yes. So. Yeah. That was not. That wasn't. The last two shows, we had a six beer that was not what the brewery intended. We didn't rank him. This time, they all made sense in terms of what this is they what the brewery tasted, intended. They all tasted as if they were put in the package that way. Mm-hmm. So for me, the final place beer is going to be Mountain Jam Volume 1 from Roadhouse. Yep. <laughs> that weird fishy flavor. Like your hands after you de-hook a fish, right? Or you go to a fish market, if you're like me. <laughs> I had They're a... not that slimy in the fish market. You gotta like pull a fish right off the hook, and as it's flopping around in your hand. But it shouldn't smell fishy there, right? I mean, like no, it's it's, it's super it, fresh. It's, it doesn't it's smell alive. like it doesn't smell like fish meat. It smells like the slime that they have oh, on their skin. Like they're the yeah okay the, the that's what I was smelling. Was I the see fish slime. I mean, it didn't it didn't smell like. Yeah, it smelled like reminiscent of, of a far off ocean, not not 
super fishy smell, but yeah. it was still something that I recognize. You've as... probably not caught very many fish in your life. Not many. I've done it. it mm-hmm. It's it's happened. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's 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 a rare thing, uh, but it's happened. Yeah, I've caught trout and I've caught little other stuff mm-hmm. before. But like you know, I think post show. I'll save the po- I'll uh-huh. save the fish talk for the post show. Um, let's go on to number five. I think I'm going to put. Jeez. Jeez, well, I'm going to put the McKellar in fifth place. I think. Really, that's that's fascinating to me. But hey, that's because the top five beers are all pretty good, all really good. I'm going to put the McKellar in fifth place. Uh, I like this beer, um, but you know I'm a haze boy now, and <laughs> this one was you know a uh, four year old you know style throwback. Uh, what I liked about this beer was let me think let me think it kind of had it had it had the east coast uh kind of maltiness. It had the maltiness to it and then the hop character i think was kind of which one i'm drawing a blank on exactly it kind of had a were. candy orange type that's thing. right and then yeah a little bit dank right mm-hmm. then let's put the wirebacher in fourth place i like that beer uh, Imperial stouty, cocoa-y, cherry, Belgian-y thing. Um, definitely uh, kind of what the label alludes to. Or I think they took inspiration from many of the beers that they made over their history and kind of put them into this. It worked for me, but it wasn't wasn't perfect. It wasn't one of those world-class Imperial stouts. I feel like a nice warm hug. <clears throat> then what? I think it's pretty clear. I don't. I'm not clear. I'm not clear. Um, I really liked all the three of these beers quite a bit. Um, I actually think I'm going to put... Shoot. I can see this all three ways. Okay. <laughs> I can see each one of these being in third place and each one of these being in first place. Uh, let me talk through it a little bit. So we had the platform first. I gotta say, props to platform for putting. They didn't have. They couldn't find stuff on their website, but all of the information about their beer is on their can. Yeah, it's right there. The grains, the hops, the yeast, exactly what style it is, the alcohol, the IBU, the degrees Plato. Archer. It's all there. <laughs> It'd be so easy if everyone did that. Yeah. Um, so the platform was this, you know, um, small batch IPA series that had kind of this hazy thing going on but really orangey not that hazy or ot but had then the body surprised me because it had this really full body i like the sweetness to it i like kind of the orange flavors that were kind of bright and tangerine um so that was then the red swing line stapler from trinity this guy you know was blending the kettle sour with the brett and the oak Oh, you know, I guess he has to go in third place because of how oaky it was, right? I loved a lot in that beer. I thought it was a very tasty beer, but, you know, the oak was just overpowering. On you felt it continued steps. to be overpowering as, as the I time think it was. I think it was over, it was okay. over, maybe not overpowering, but overdone. Okay. So I'm going to put him in third place. And then, let's see, the, the Greenport Harbor. 
That was a heck super of dank. a beer. Yeah, that was, super that was... dank. I think I'm going to put him in second place. I think just because it was a little burny and lupuliny and harvesty, it, it kind of took away. I mean, you know, there was days where I wanted to taste the hoppiest thing on earth. And, you know, now I'm looking for a little bit more restraint, a little bit more nuance and things like that. So I think I'll put the Greenport Harbor in second and the platform is going to rise to the top. But the the uh, the top three beers, any one of them could have landed in first and I wouldn't argue too hardly. Okay, so my rankings are a little different. Uh, we both had the Roadhouse in last place. Um, did not like that beer. Fifth place, I'm going to put the Wirebacher. I think it's... It's not bad, but it's not great either. Uh, and for a 13.5% beer, I expect more for my sobriety. So uh, I don't I don't like the... Oh. 13.5%. Yes. It, 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 this beer had more alcohol than the rum chata, than the... Uh, I, I brought this rum chata, this uh, horchata uh, cream rum uh, for Jeff to try. We talked about it on the post show last time. Mm. Uh, anyway, so yeah, th- th- this final legal, it, it's it's fine, but I, there are way better imperial styles out there that you can probably find out. Uh, so I would not like, I would not seek it out. Um, in fourth place, I'm going to put the Greenport Harbor. I think that uh, a little too dank for me, a little too much on the dank side. But I get where they're going for, and they're not lying. I, I appreciate exactly what they're going for, and I totally get it. And if you want that hoppy stuff, there it is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they they put on their label, they're not lying to you at all. They, It's Hop the Nines. If you want that, there it is. And there are there would be times when this would hit the spot. Uh, in third place, I'm going to put in the Keller. Uh, I like that a lot. I like the, the flavor. I like the sort of the, the more... Uh, more slightly more decadent malt than you would expect out of a out of an east coast or out of a northeast ipa uh in second place though the platform i think was really really good really really good starting off the show with a excellent uh, kick forward but i really liked it i got into the, the swing line um the the oak wasn't a problem for me okay. uh, i think it was really managed well particularly with the way the sour works so them's be my rankings Excellent. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Craft Beer Radio. We really, we really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. It, uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, going to contact us, you can email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com. I am the only one on Twitter, at Jeff Bear. And Greg is a much happier person now about seeing social media, at least the tweets. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. The we'll talk about it this post show, but I yeah. Anyway, um, contact me at Greg at uh, craftyradio.com if you if you really need to. Uh, hey, I appreciate a little, a little personal mail. That'd be fun, uh, as opposed to the the, the the torrent of like press releases I get <laughs> from various <laughs> different breweries. Uh, so yeah, um, talk to me there. Sounds good. Do you have an IM? Do you have like a an ICQ? Oh yeah, my tweet? ICQ number is two six two. ICQ is dead, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> All right. See you guys. See ya.